to be like, and here's all the blood that's oh. coming down Jamie's head. I bet we could find it still. It was only a couple days ago. I bet the sidewalk's still. We haven't yeah. had rain yet, so. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, Chases so of Jamie. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. Welcome to episode 62 of The Whiskey Topic. Jamie? Hello. Today we're going to talk about a tasting that I did a couple of weeks ago. That I wasn't there for. You were not there for. I know. I'm you sorry. were invited. I know, I know. I needed a night off. <laughs> Every once in a while, you need a night off. So yeah, no, I did not come to this one. But that's good because I sort of got to follow along a bit on Twitter, and then we get to have this neat discussion today um, with Jen Chan. Yes. Hello. Uh, Jen Chan's been on the podcast before. Uh, she is a food photographer uh, and has the Instagram account Food Prawn. And uh, yeah, you're uh, you're basically like everywhere at every food scene in Toronto. You're there taking fo- uh, taking photos and putting on your Instagram feed. Yeah, yeah. I like to eat. I like to drink. So. <laughs> and she knows her stuff. Yeah, she does absolutely. <laughs> um, and Jen's been drinking whiskey for a while now. You've got a really great collection, um, and you were part of the tasting, so we figured we'd have you on and do this. So I guess about about every four to six episodes we do this, where I do a t- tasting, and I usually put my uh, fellow whiskey enthusiasts through torture. Yeah, but you're usually not this organized about it. Yeah. We had paper this time. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. Paper. Mark, Mark made like like tasting mats. And yeah, with little circles for was, where the glass Yeah, where, where the, the glass, glass sits. Like this is, we, we, bear, we usually use a dog bowl for a spit bowl. So like this is like, whoa. Next level. Next, Next level. level. You took the, you made the leap, man. Yeah, I mean, longtime listeners will know, like previous episodes when I, we've done this, we've had, <laughs> you know, included like recordings of people swearing at me because I would like mix up bottles. Because mixed it up. Um, yeah. I, I just, you know, I'm not usually very organized with these tastings. And I'm usually very focused on trying to like test certain theories that I have about flavor and just kind of get an idea perspective about uh, the whiskey that I'm pouring. Um, and they're usually done blind. Um, which the worst part about doing something blind is if you mix something up, it's bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, but no, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm going to, and thanks to like Glenford Jameson and uh, uh, that's been on the podcast before and Matt, our friend Matt, um, you know, they do very organized tastings with very. notes and yes. they give people's pens and pads of paper. I'm like, okay, I got up my game a little bit. You, It's so nice they inspired you to do that. <laughs> they really did. I'm so grateful. I'm just, I'm bummed I missed this one because it seemed like you, you made a, a really important leap and I wasn't there for it. <laughs> indeed it's true you, it was it was a big leap it was a big leap um and the the uh, so the concept was uh the first round there's two rounds the first round was battle of the rise and um you know don't you know when you do these kind of blind tastings it's best not to trick your your audience uh but people and everybody's palates i know them pretty well they know me so it's very much um, I tricked the audience. This is this is largely what I do with with uh, with, with these tastings. So I've introduced this tasting. Uh, Jen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I basically introduced this. There's going to be like really great rise here. There's no wrong answers. I'd love to get your um, your feedback and kind of rank them from best to worst. Um, and so there's no wrong answers. And then later on, I said there is one wrong answer. As you always do. Yeah, you snuck snuck one in. You there. Always sneak one in there. I was like, one of these rise isn't actually a rye. One of them's a bourbon. 
And dun, dun, dun. because at, of at that, least you told us that I did, I did. I wasn't, I wasn't going to not say, it, but I was like the the part of the right or wrong answer is like which one is the bourbon, and the idea behind that was the study we mentioned before, mm-hmm. where they did a study. Uh, showing that consumers can't really tell apart a bourbon and a rye. And, right. and I think Jamie and I have done this as well. Like, it's, it's, it is actually very difficult to tell apart a bourbon and a rye. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole idea was, you know, could, uh, you know, whiskey enthusiasts that um, do drink a lot of whiskey, uh, can they tell which one is the bourbon in mm-hmm. the group? Uh, the other thing that I did differently, which I think helped uh, a great deal, was I had the three levels of ranking. So I asked everybody at the table to nose the glass first, before tasting it and kind of rank them from favorite to least favorite and then and only after they've nosed them then we kind of talked about how how y'all felt and then next we tasted them and how everybody felt and then kind of get an overall ranking uh the idea being is to kind of separate out that you know don't just kind of go by feel this time for the overall one go by feel but for the first two round like the nosing and the palate uh do them separately and individually and kind of see what you like okay our our results are interesting um did i miss anything jen uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to do. I always love these uh, blind tastings. Um, I think it reveals a lot about your palate uh, and what you really enjoy because you don't have the whole illusion of a bottle or a brand um, or any preconceived notion. You just kind of go in and you, yeah, and you just unvarnished. Right, because you didn't know any of the brands. No. Um, the only other hint I gave is that they came from five different distilleries. Was the only other thing I'm like, there's no two of the same distillery uh, in the group, um, which I think kind of maybe hurts uh, individuals that like really know very a lot about whiskey because now they're trying to like you know okay maybe this is Buffalo Trace and if this is Buffalo right. Trace then this might be Heaven Hill. Right. So sometimes if you even give a little hint, it messes people up a lot, which is definitely a lesson learned for me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes maybe better just not to say anything because yeah. if you're gonna do if you're gonna start making those assumptions, well, it's no longer blind tasting. Now you're you're shaping it. You're, you're shaping, you're shaping your, it, right. your results. And and to be fair, everybody that did that just went in the wrong direction. So right. it, there was a lot of overthinking at certain points. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I think uh, what we want to do is we'll we'll kind of introduce each of the each of the whiskeys as they were, and we'll talk a little bit about them and see how they did in this tasting. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's uh, there was uh, six people in total, various uh, palettes uh, as far as experiences with whiskey, um, from you know lightly interested to very interested uh, to obsessively like. Oh my god. Obsessively interested. So uh, we we had a good crowd and I and a good sets of palettes. So uh, the very first one. Um, and I have everyone's notes. Well, Except I don't mine. have I don't have Jen's and Mark's, but I do have everyone else's notes. So right, so Jamie's going to be providing commentary as we see. go through each round and yeah, see what I'm people say. Really, this is this is quite fun actually. <laughs> Looking at people's notes. What's your favorite one so far? Oh my God, Glenford. Yeah, well, Glenn. Oh come on, yes, my palate twin. You know, and actually, I, I believe he actually put your rankings in here. Oh, did he? Really? Next to he, you guys must have been copying off each other's papers because he's there's a JC. He made a little JC column Aww. over here. Aww. So yes. Um, palette twin. Yeah, palette yeah. twins. Yeah. yeah. So it's fascinating. So yeah, let's start. All right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Glenn and Jen, just you guys love the same things, which is really great. It's great. Um, so the very first one uh, was Bullet, Burp, uh, sorry, Bullet Rye. Mm-hmm. Um, now we know Bullet Rye actually isn't made at the Bullet Distillery. And in fact, up that's until right. a few years ago, there wasn't even a Bullet Distillery. That's right. Uh, Bullet is made at MGP of Indiana. It is uh, one of those, it's a giant distillery that basically makes rise for George Dickel, for Bullet, mm-hmm. for any of the kind of, a lot of the craft rise um, use uh, that distillery. Um, 
And it's a bit of a controversial uh, issue because the flavor of that MGP rye defines what rye tastes like for a lot of people. Right. Uh, that literally, if they think of rye, they think of that kind of the, the, the dill pickle notes and everything else. They, they think, think of those notes. So in one way, it uh, defines the category. Um, and, and just because one place makes all this rye, they're really great at making rye. Mm-hmm. These are very celebrated ryes. They win a ton of awards. Um, so this, there's no knock on, on Bullet for using this distillery to make their rye. Um, so any thoughts, Jen, on this, on this first round? Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've, I like Bullet Rye to make my drinks. Like, I mm-hmm. use that specifically for my Manhattans. Um, but, uh, yeah, this one, do you want to talk about ranking or just the... the... Yeah, uh, well, I'll do the overall ranking, but okay. I just want to grab your thoughts on Yeah, it. yeah, I mean, like, I, I just thought this was a very, like, soft and round flavor. It was very, I, I got grassy notes, I got vanilla notes, um... Yeah, it just had sweet, clean grass vanilla, uh, and I just uh, it's a, I, I made a note where it, uh, it was it tastes better on round two. Mm-hmm. So after having done a whole like uh, tasting of everything, I tasted everything again, and on the second taste, I, I thought it better. Mm-hmm. So a little time kind of gave it, I don't know, a boost. Yeah, and uh, I think the other thing to mention about this is normally Bullet Ride does better in the rankings when we've had it on the sh- on um, tastings, but. I think that you know Glenn's had it before. Uh, other other remember people very much saying, "Wow, this is like a very kind of pleasing rye. It's a very quick, pleasing, easy friend rye where you can just have it and you're enjoying it." Um, and yet, uh, it didn't do very well. But I will say, you know, we've talked about this many times, and I usually do this one in every in tasting. This was a very oxidized uh, bottle. It had I had maybe like you know, fifth left, I poured out the rest of the whiskey for the tasting, and it's been in the kind of back of my whiskey cabinet, I would say, for six months or more. So I do think it lost some of that kind of brightness that it, that we've enjoyed about that bullet rye. And uh, and it showed in the rankings. I mean, mm-hmm, yeah. with the exception of, um, with the exception of Matt, uh, sort of the obsession of Mike, everybody else rated it about fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, which I, I, I don't, you know, uh, I was here, he, he's a lawyer and also owns a small distillery, as a part owner of a small distillery in Ontario, um, and very much focused kind of on new make more so than, than making, but he, he loved it, he thought it was a very friendly mm-hmm. forward, forward rye. Um, but everybody else, uh, you know, I got the list here, it was either a fourth or a fifth mm-hmm. on the list. Um, I have Mike's notes, and mm-hmm. um, he actually, I, I, it's, it looks like he took a guess, it says Dickel, Yes. With a question mark. Yes. So close. Yeah. Really, really close. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't far off. So this maybe is right in his wheelhouse as far as palate goes. Mike's interesting because he loves, he is a low proof whiskey drinker. Okay. So he's done really well in guessing. So he guessed George Dickel for this one. Yep. It's bullet rye, same distillery. It's made Mm -hmm. in the same location, very similar style of rye. Uh, Really good guess. And um, excellent guess, actually. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, really solid. He's also guessed like a few single malt scotches in the in the realm, but always at the lower proofs, yeah. right? And never at the higher proofs. And that, and so I think that's really like Where reason why I do these studies. Like, here's a palate. He's, he's got an excellent palate, can identify whiskey very well. It's a good memory recall. Mm-hmm. I think being a lawyer helps him in that, like that memory sure. recall ability. But um, but he drinks like a lot more lower proof whiskeys i'm guessing and and so the lower on the lower proof level he's excellent in, in that side and that's probably why he also liked this one the best yeah probably i mean for the most part a bunch of us enjoy that higher proof mm-hmm. barrel strength and that's our leanings in terms of preference anyway and you can see that uh showing through the rankings even yeah yeah glenford wrote d's nuts <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, oh, Glenford. Glenford. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. We don't know. 
don't even know. <laughs> we'll have to have him back on and be like, can you explain these notes? Like, honestly, on his paper, it's so much fun. He wrote like, arg. Oh, his uh, notes are great. They're was... great. They're really entertaining. Yeah. Much appreciated. I feel like I was there. Um, any other notes from any other individuals that are of interest? Those were, those sort of stood out to me a little oh, right. bit. Yeah. But there you go. Bullet. Yeah. I think, Good for cocktails, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think I think one person na- named it a Diageo product. Uh, oh. So Yeah, like... I think, well, Glenford wrote Barter House question mark. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Diageo. Diageo. Yep. Diageo. Close. Like, I mean, not that, that Barter House and that have any relevance, but except for they're both from they're Diageo. They're both from Diageo. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's where we talk, or people, you know, like Glenford kind of start overthinking what, what was available <laughs> in the whiskey cabinet. Right. See, I make it worse on everybody because I cover up my whiskey cabinet. I put a blanket over with Jessica Alba on it. Yep. Yeah. For my, uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. So that's there's, how you know there's it's a, a half- serious night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the blankets up. Jessica Alba watches over us like an yeah. angel from above. You <laughs> won't sure, know. Reach, don't overdrink. Keeps us safe. <laughs> Put a video on Instagram. I didn't realize Jessica Alba was in the background. I'm like, <laughs> this looks weird. I'm just like talking, and there's like Jessica Alba, like you know, <laughs> right there in tight leather and a, and a, and a <laughs> top, just nice. staring. I'm like, oh boy. That's awesome. That's weird. Um. <laughs> So moving along, mm-hmm. uh, number two is what I'm drinking right now, um, I believe. Yep. Is the uh, Russell's. Yeah. The Russell's Reserve six-year-old yeah. rye. Yeah. I, um, Glenford wrote, if I order good rye, this is rye. <laughs> so I think Glenn felt Nicely it was baseline. composed. Hmm. Baseline rye? Yeah. Like yeah, a good baseline a rye. A good baseline, like a good sipping rye. Yeah. Whoa, we have cardamom, Steve. That's oh, yeah. Steve. So Steve, tell us a little bit about Steve. I'll tell you a little bit about Steve. Yes. Uh, Steve is a lawyer as well and a whiskey enthusiast. Um, his palate, I would say, is probably pretty incredible as far as the way he describes things and also being very accurate. I, yeah. I feel like he he kind of uh, you know will randomly when Steve gets a good note we'll, uh, that he wrote down, we'll uh, we'll yeah. read him out. But Steve did a very good job of just having these really like weird like creme brulee but like north of this or like right. certain very very particular uh tasting notes uh one he was like this tastes like um uh unsalted french fries yeah there you go and very uh, specific yeah. in what he thought it tasted like which yeah. is funny in and in and of itself but uh you would see us kind of nodding around the table too mm-hmm. we'd be like oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally. actually wrote sauve blanc which I'm guessing is Sauvignon Blanc. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I get, I, you know, yeah, I, you know where he's coming from. So this is the uh, Russell's Reserve um, Wild Turkey product, six year, 45% um, rye that we, uh, we got to try a little while ago that Mark was lucky enough to pill for a bottle of yeah. last time he was in Kentucky. And uh, we were sort of obsessed with this when we first had it. You know, we actually had the single barrel cast strength oh, one, right. or, or higher proof one, okay, well, which we were, were obsessed really obsessed with about. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's uh, why we were obsessed with it. This is the uh, more reasonably priced. I think I bought it for about $30 at the Wild Turkey Distillery. Nice. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a lower proof. Um, it, it is, I, I would say uh, that's to me what it tastes like. It kind of tastes like a traditional rye. It is, does not have a high rye mash bill. It's it's probably somewhere in that 60-70% zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about mash bill, we just mean in the original recipe when they ferment, how much of the rye 
uh, is in there. So bullet has 95% rye mm -hmm. and 5% malted barley. And the malted barley is there to help with the enzymes and the fermentation process. Um, with Russell's, uh, they don't release their mash bill. And right. there's actually controversy about this because a lot of the internet thinks it's a, it's a barely legal rye that's got like 51% rye. I, and I would disagree. I would disagree with that. Entirely. Yeah. Um, I, think they've, I think they've changed their recipe for the Russell's brand. So I think their wild right. turkey rye probably still has that traditional 51% rye, mm -hmm. uh, but I think the Russell's brand is in that 60, 70% range. Right. Because for a yeah. six-year-old product, that spice just comes through beautifully. Oh, like, and that's not it tingles oh. your lips. Like it's really, it's really on right on the front there. So yeah, no, I would agree with you. I don't, I don't think this is a, a low rye rye yeah, yeah yeah and and so that's uh you know historically speaking uh in the 70s and 80s a lot of the ryes that survived were those low rye ryes the 51 percent ryes because they tasted more like bourbon right, right and so they're a little bit more familiar the spiciness wasn't coming through as heavily um but the modern rye is really more about rye flavor so it makes sense that wild turkey would do something different for a modern rye and the russell's reserve brand is their kind of next level mm -hmm. whiskey they're mm -hmm. they're higher brand they charge more for it it's typically aged uh, longer or at least you know a different part of the warehouse so it's it's a certain style and I would it would make sense that they would raise the uh, the rye content there well I really felt like of the five we tasted um, the Russell's and the bullet were most similar mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know in just the, the 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 shaping of the flavor and 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 of their narrative while drinking mm -hmm. um, for the Russell's I actually got like these cherry almost bitter notes in the back that lingered for me uh, and uh, but it was still like that whole like really sweet, clean, grassy greenness coming through for me. Oh my God, Glenford also wrote grassy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, See? yeah. I mean, that's a good sign of a, of a rye if you get grassy notes. Grassy notes. It's, it's yeah. a good sign because you want those kind of lighter, pepperier. But gra grassy has that pepperiness yeah. to it as well. That kind of well, not that I've been eating grass, but you know. We wouldn't judge. I know. I mean, we hey, wouldn't judge we're, we're all children once. Maybe we, you know, maybe I <laughs> chewed on some grass when I was a kid. <laughs> On a dare, uh, but uh, you get that, uh, but you get that pepperiness and that uh, that kind of freshly cut grass, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and uh, this one overall was kind of a mixed bag. A few people thought it was number one, one person lo loved it the most was thought it was number two. Uh, and then a lot of people were rated at somewhere between three mm -hmm. and four. Yep. We had one five, uh, just on the nose, which I would agree. Actually, I think I think this one out of the group is probably the lightest on the nose For from sure. from the others. Uh, it does open up over in time, so if you oh. give it like 10, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you're going to get more of the floral notes. But kind of if you just pour it and nose it right away, it's yeah. it's, it's it's shut off. Oh it's yeah, a no, shut it's off definitely whiskey. yeah. There's not a lot going on in the I nose. I ranked it as number five on the nose. Even. Yeah, yeah. That make yeah, and that makes sense. I, I really do. I think it's very, uh, it's very quiet on the nose. I would say it's, it's its only real fault is the the nose. And I think the the single barrel Russell's Reserve rye that's bottled at over fifty percent. That one is quite nice on the nose. Like it's 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 just intense on the nose. That's mm -hmm. what makes it a, a, an even like better whiskey than compared to the Russells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was basically. So I would say on average that would be like the third or fourth rated uh, whiskey of the group. Uh, so interestingly enough, we're really, and these were poured by proof levels. So interestingly enough, this is, uh, going, so we had bullet. That was a clear number four. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Russell's was kind of, uh, and then the wild Turkey was kind of in that, uh, the what Russell's was kind of in that four, a little bit better than four, three ish range. If you did an average. Mm -hmm. Um, so the next one, uh, you want to introduce the next one? Yeah. The next one was, uh, wasn't a rye at all. 
It was the non-rye in the groove. Uh, it even says Battle of the Rise on this paper here. It's so misleading, Mark. <laughs> but um, everybody knew. Everybody knew. They were all like, okay, which one isn't the rye? So it's Old Forester, actually, which is a brown Foreman product. Um, uh, it did not do great. No, this is the 86 mm -hmm. proof Old Forester. Right. It's we got those cheap, banana notes yeah. again. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, inexpensive. Uh, but everybody wrote banana. Everybody wrote banana. I, I additionally wrote cotton candy bubblegum. Not right. quite of the Bren variety, but just it just was so sweet. And I want to say artificial because of the banana. It just was right. like that medicinal banana. Yep. That's um, that's a signature sort of brown foreman. Uh, yeah. It, it feels like that, that comes out, you know, um, and we've, we've heard, you know, it's the isoamyl acetate from... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a byproduct of, you know, their, their fermentation process, mm -hmm. which probably has to do something with their yeast strain. Um, but it's there. Yes. There's no denying it. Yeah. And with no. even doing a completely blind, with, even if you knew what, what whiskeys were in Mark's cabinet, like for everybody to write banana and yeah. just nail it like that is pretty impressive. It's yeah. pretty impressive. There's something there for sure. Brown Foreman is responsible for Woodford Reserve. And Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels and Old Forester. And all three of those will have that, that banana. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're kind of different levels of banana. Mm -hmm. I would say like uh, Woodford is more of a candied banana. This is more of a fresher banana, the Old Forester. But they all have, and, and I would agree. I think, uh, Jen, you, you nailed this, and I know Glenford nailed this on the tasting. Um, that artificialness just doesn't quite mm -hmm. taste Right. Glenn went as far. I think Glenn had a great observation. He's like, it's a very complex whiskey. There's a lot going on in there, mm -hmm. but not necessarily good things. Yeah. So when you start oh, thinking okay. of like, you know, fake sugar, like sucralose or whatever, right. you're not you're not really associating that with good flavors. It might go rarely well with a Coke when you mix right. it. Um, and I, I don't mean to uh, bash on Brown Foreman. I think their Woodford Reserve and Old, Old Forster product are really great. Bring a lot of it's For a sure. lot of great intro whiskeys. If you ask a lot of bourbon drinkers, that's probably the whiskey Woodford. that hooked people on, on on bourbon. Yeah, for sure. Woodford is a go-to for so many people. It's in most people's cabinets. Like it's a good sipping whiskey. Like I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, it's know, just in this lineup of really... In this lineup, it probably it would have been stood out for so sure. obvious. Yeah. yeah. And it's also the, the cheaper, uh, the cheapest of the, of the group as well. Yeah. Um, so you're, we're drinking, you know, four, four well-priced whiskeys and then, and then Old Forester. So I, my logic here, making this the bourbon, was I was thinking this is going to taste way different than everything else. Yeah. So I, was, I actually was trying to make it easy on everybody. I was like, okay, this is oh not going to taste like... Oh I know, God. I know. See, this is, this is where I overthink things. We failed on this one. I, I did. I really did. Um, and the, the best part is uh, Old Forester and Woodford aren't really known for making rye. They do have some rye products. Um, and when you guys were starting to say banana and Jen, you were describing, like you were describing <laughs> Old Forester perfectly and any Brown Foreman, Woodford Reserve product, I was just like... You're gonna get this. You're you're gonna get this. Is this is the this is the bourbon? Because no. you were describing every bourbon from that, or like that company, and uh, and no, it was nobody. Mm -hmm. Not a single person. Nobody got uh, it. Nobody got it. Nobody got it. That's so funny. Um, Glenford wrote crit flaws. Yeah. I'm assuming that means critical flaws. Yes, critical. That's legal yeah. short term. Whoa, for yeah. whoa, whoa! Interesting. Definitely yeah. rank five for me. This was everybody pretty much ranked this fifth. Yeah. Um, Who didn't? So uh, somebody ranked a third on the nose. 
Uh, that was me. I actually ranked that third yeah. on the nose. There you go. But overall, it, it I was, was a like, five. It was I a was clear not for drinking you. this again. Yeah. No, that that's because yeah, you had ranked uh, uh, the um, the Russell's, uh, Russell's fifth. Uh, what for? What's for four? Uh, sorry, the uh, bullet fourth, and then this one third on the nose, which yeah. I think is is great. Like that's yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> um, as far as like kind of especially those initial that initial uh, nose that on nose? it. Yeah. yeah. So interesting because I've actually not hated this old Forester in a different lineup. So context, right? Context yeah. is so important, especially, you know, when you you're sort of used to a little bit of spice, a little bit, you know, sort of less sweet, more spicy, maybe a little, you know, drier, um, and then you get, you know, a bourbon thrown in there and mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. Yeah. I was expecting something you know, else. Ugh, so sweet. Ugh. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, fascinating. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Uh, what do you? So next, uh, Pikesville. Yeah. Uh, so Pikesville is a Heaven Hill product. Um, Heaven Hill is responsible for um, Elijah Craig, uh, Williams, Williams, and a bunch of yeah, the Parkers. Things. The Parker's line. Hypnotic, if you uh, have ever found that blue drink Mellow at a bar. Mellow corn, actually, Mellow corn. yeah. Um, they make a lot of things. It's they a make big, a lot. Big family yes. uh, uh, owned product, um, owned with distillery rather. And they have, so their Pikesville is uh, 110 proof, so 55% alcohol. Um, very much, um, uh, this is definitely barely legal uh, rye. So this okay. is 51% corn. Uh, 51% so rye. rye. Sorry, thank you. 51% rye. Uh, a lot of corn and a little bit of malted barley. Um, so this one, I would say, tastes closer to a bourbon than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly this also showed up as a bourbon because everybody, everybody was just like, yes, this is the bourbon. Uh, in fact, uh, the um, yeah, I think I one person that. said it and just everybody else nodded their heads. Like everybody was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And I gave you guys like, are you sure on the nose? Everyone on the nose, on the nose, like right away, everybody's like, this is, without tasting it, they were like, this is the Mike, bourbon. Yeah, Mike wrote bourbon, period. Yeah. On his notes. Like, no, that's it. Yeah, it's so a bourbon. That's it, bourbon. Um, it, um, now, I, I see, this is an interesting one for me because I uh, when I originally tasted this one, uh, when I, because I didn't have a chance. Like this won a lot of awards. It's a big award-winning whiskey, and I just haven't had a chance to taste it. Mm-hmm. So I brought it back from uh, the states when I was there last. And they, it, it's one that you can really kind of disregard very easily. It's um, it's a little, it's a little obvious on flavor. It's uh, gets a little, um, especially when you first open the bottle. It's really closed off, mm. but it just airs out beautifully. So right now where we, you know, it's like more than half done. It's really aired out, aired out nicely. Um, I'm writing a review for it. And I'm basically, I basically think what it does really well is it gives you a great consistent rye and a great kind of oak, vanilla, caramel kind of flavors mm-hmm. uh, at the same time. And these flavors don't compete with each other. Uh, they just kind of move through and, and are really nicely done. It's almost like a layered cake where you've got the rye notes on top. You've got, you've got that creamy butterness, butterness, but then you've got the caramel underneath and it just kind of flows through beautifully. Um, I really see why this one uh, wins a lot of awards. I think it's it's a really uh, it's a really good rye. I, I think it tastes more like a bourbon for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely more of a bourbon. From these notes, I honestly I feel like a teacher. <laughs> I'm like looking through everyone's notes. Um, the all the tasting notes are like vanilla, yeah. oak, cinnamon, vanilla, oak, um, c- candy corn. Thanks, yes. Glenn. Candy corn, lots of A's. <laughs> Um, <laughs> French toast, vanilla, also candy corn here. Leather cigar, baco noir. There you go, Steve. 
Um, Steve. So, yes. yeah, I mean, you can see why this would sort of be thought of as the, um, the bourbon with all those sweet vanilla oaky notes like that. Um, Definitely, I was bamboozled. Yeah, you were. What did you? What were your thoughts on that? Uh, I noticed it with. I, I said, uh, vanilla, fire, hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these these are the things that came through for me uh, on the taste. It was just high proof and sweet, and um, the mouthfeel is a little syrupy almost. Oh, for sure, it's oily. It's just really nice. It's really nice, um, and I probably would have called that a bourbon too. But that's what Honestly. I mean, like these 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 things were like, ooh, bourbon, 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 whereas the previous three, I was just like, me, Right, and yeah. I liked this one, so um, it's sort of aligned with all my flavor notes, whereas the three other, what I thought were rise anyway, the first two, were definitely rise. I just I couldn't get into, and the old Forester was just weird. It was just weird. Yeah, it's the it was the eyeball. What yeah, an anomaly eyeball. there. I, this is your favorite. This right? was my favorite. Yeah. This was my number one ranking all the way through. I loved the nose on it. I loved the taste on it, and of course I kept drinking it because it was empty. By the time we were done. <laughs> yeah, um, I I really do. I think this is uh, really great. Uh, rye, but again, I, I hesitate. It's legally a rye. It definitely is by legal definition a rye. Um, Barely but, legal. Uh, the it tastes more like a slightly older bourbon. Mm-hmm. Like it tastes like an eight-year-old or ten-year-old bourbon mm-hmm. because that that spiciness sure. comes through. Uh, but it is a unique flavor because of that layering of flavor. And I think uh, aged for six years, I think they just they nailed this. It's a, it's a really, really it's great really product. Really good. And what was the price point on that in the States, did you say? Uh, I think it was, I think I bought it at six, for 60 bucks, but okay. I, I don't know what the list price is. It's probably lower than that because okay. the place I went to was pretty expensive to begin with. Okay. And uh, I actually really like the uh, label on it. Yeah, it's a really I'm nice sleeve. I'm a big done. sucker for labels, and this is really cool. I, I wear a T-shirt with that on it. And look at that cork. I mean, the cork they just is nailed awesome. everything. Yeah, on this. it's a it's the bottle really, design is nice. Yeah, it looks awesome. I would uh, I put that on a list Classy. of something to bring back from the states for yeah. sure. Something mm-hmm. reasonable for us Canadians right now. We're still <laughs> suffering a little bit, so almost there everything you go. is reasonable in comparison. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it seems like uh, everybody was a fan. Excellent. Yeah. And this this one basically, if you averaged out, was this overall second uh, favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Most people had it as number two. Uh, so we had two number twos, a three and a one. Um, and so that was kind of the range we were looking at as far as overall flavor. Uh, but pretty much it, it seemed to nail everybody uh, very well uh, with, with the crowd. Uh, what did Chris think about this? Uh, I just, I don't know if Chris Steve? liked this one. Steve. Uh, Steve, sorry. Yeah, Steve. Nose four. Yeah, Steve Taste did not three, like this. overall three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's probably the high, the higher proof not driving maybe with. I His d- preference? I will say that when I first took a, and this is something that I always sort of tell people mm-hmm. during when I lead them through a whiskey tasting is don't shove your nose in there and take a big whiff because you yeah. don't know what proof. Yeah. And what did I just do? Whoa. I put my nose yeah. right in this glass and I was like, ooh, burns. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you put your nose right in here, I can see how it's not pleasant. Yeah. But And that was a big jump proof-wise because we went uh, yeah. from... Uh, basically 90 proof to 110, 110 proof yeah so that makes sense a good point so that's a uh, great point I did I did tell people that the uh, proof level went up but that was a big jump For so sure. somebody's used to kind of nosing 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 they put yeah this, and boom. especially like we you know we we say this sort of often but 
some people do it differently, which I think is fine, which is the swirling of the glass. Like I watch people do it all the time in tastings mm-hmm. and it's just a personal thing. And imagine if you swirled 110 proof and then stuck your <laughs> nose right in it, you're going to get a in nose full of burn. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's going to, it's going to hurt a little bit. So, um, there's your hot tip of the day. Yeah. And that's because the alcohol just kind of just gets very jumpy just and it just evaporates. So all that Adaptation. flavor is just going to get, yep. you're just going to get alcohol. Right. Yeah. And you really can sort of burn your, uh, your nose a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I just did. <laughs> there you go. Watch out, kids. Yeah. Also, don't text and walk at the same time. Oh, do we want to take no. a do want story no. time? No, no. it's story time. It's story time. It's story time. Well, it wasn't even texting. Okay, so if you're on my Instagram, you might have noticed that I posted something, uh, or even my Twitter, and you noticed I have a big bandaid on my forehead. Um, and so, yeah, I was walking down the street and um, on my phone changing my playlist on iTunes and I walked into a suddenly sign. a pole jumped out in front of her yeah I walked <laughs> directly into it and I split my forehead open it was so, one of those sharp poles too it wasn't like it was a, a rounded sh- pole no it wasn't a rounded pole it was like made of metal and I walked right into it and uh, bled a lot and head wound yeah and so now I have a band-aid on my head and I look very cool Sounds like it was very dramatic too bicyclists stopped, it was, there, people were stopped yeah people were like do we need to or... call 911 for you and I but I didn't think so because like I could feel that it wasn't that crazy like a, a wound I mean it's not pretty it's definitely it's a big gash oh it's um, not that but it is it is like it'll be it'll show for a couple of weeks oh yeah and I'm gonna have a scar for sure so I don't know if all the listeners know but Mark also has I also have a scar, scar. Yeah, so now forehead. they have this matching Match. twinsy thing <laughs> happening the first the first two texts when uh, Jamie sent me this were are you okay and the second one was twinsies yeah. an exclamation mark with <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Um, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. no. So and then you had a matching. tasting that you had a tasting that evening. I had to go to a tasting that and night. You, you were you were totally badass. You you were I, just like, screw it, I should go to the hospital, but no, screw it. This yeah, is fine. This is fine. It probably could yeah, it probably could have used a stitch. Um, but I had to go and work for Glenfiddich that night, so I just sort of pulled my hair down in front of my face and put it back in a ponytail and got to the tasting and like Took a swig of whiskey and nice. Just you know, I was watching done. a lot. Of, yeah, I was watching Ken Burns Civil War lately, and I feel like if those guys can like deal with that stuff, like Jamie, you can suck it up for like a little you bit. Can, you're you a little, you're a little, whiskey. yeah, you're a little iPhone incident. Like, is you're you're fine. <laughs> you're I'm just, also fine. I'm also loving the bandage selection that mm-hmm. you yes. got going today. I see it's animal. It's animal. Um, yeah, I figure if you're gonna have such a stupid embarrassing accident like this you just got to sort of own it yeah people will own it for you Mm -hmm. so like you just got to be like i'm an idiot and i was you know i didn't have a playlist for this month so i was just sort of like nosing around on my phone wasn't paying attention and i walked into a pole perfect (laughs) so there you go that's me you'll see my band-aids probably for the next little while actually until this thing uh, doesn't look so gross i've got hello kitty ones earmarked for oh, you amazing. thank you yeah. i appreciate it yeah and actually we should um we were at um dark cove tasting at our bag day the oh, three of us uh-huh, were uh-huh. we we're also celebrating jen's birthday happy birthday thank yes. you and uh, cam came over to us cam who like listens to the podcast and is a really cool guy uh, came over and he uh, said hello and so hi Cam thanks hey, for Cam. thanks hi. for coming by thanks for coming and by hi. you're awesome and we're gonna hang out and have some whiskey soon 
but that was awesome. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about Dark Cove and, and Ardbeg another day. But definitely, um, that was super fun. Yeah, Anyways. I chat with Natalie and a few other uh, listeners from the podcast. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're in Toronto, um, just go to the Caledonia website, <laughs> well, hit yeah. events, and we'll and just probably go. be at We're, them. We'll probably yeah. just basically <laughs> go to all of them. So we'll, yeah. we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. All right. Awesome, guys. So, and last, last so this fifth, last final one. one. Um, this one I will preface, 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 preface. Preface. I know words. Uh, I'll preface this by saying this was, uh, this is, you know, my my favorite of the group. And also, it, it generally, not it, this wasn't everybody's favorite, but it was either first or second uh, in almost everybody's list. Uh, one person put it for third overall, but it was basically first or second and definitely the uh, highest ranking of the group. Um, and that is the. Uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor Straight Rye from mm-hmm. Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, the This is the Bottled and Bond. Um, so it's actually 100 proof. I did actually kind of mess, well, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't mess it up, actually. I, I did 110 proof than 100 proof. But <laughs> see, there, it wouldn't be a Mark Bylock tasting without Unless one mis- slight mistake. mistake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Pikesville should have gone last. Anyway, uh, regardless, the uh, Taylor uh, Straight Rye is, uh, I think, really just a delicious product. I think that the nice thing about the rye, it is also a, a difference. Uh, Buffalo Trace normally does uh, like a 51% rye for much of their rye products. But this one is... Uh, I, I don't know if they told us exactly, but it's in the 90s, 95% or 90% rye with malted barley, no corn. Wow. Uh, change from Buffalo Trace's other ryes. Um, it, I think so for they have me, two rye mash bills. Yeah, yeah, they oh. definitely do. Yeah, okay. yeah, this is their, uh, yeah. Right, because the Sazerac rye is right. is uh, is in that barely legal rye range, fifty-one to sixty percent. Buffalo right. Traces. If some distillers tell you what the mash bill is, others don't. Yes. So with Wild Turkey, we were guessing earlier about the mash bill, and right. that's all we can really do because they don't tell you. Right. Uh, same as Buffalo Trace. Uh, whereas you know something like um, Four Roses, uh, Four Roses tells, you, exactly. tells you everything yeah. what you have in there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, for me, I like this one a lot because I think it has a kind of this yeastiness and a complexity on the nose that I really, really enjoy. And I think that comes through with the oakiness and I think the rye comes out wonderfully. Um, you know, Colonel um, uh, H. Taylor, it's named after the, the man that brought about the Balls and Bond Act. Uh, the very first, I mean, we've said this on the podcast before, but the very first Consumer Protection Act that the U.S. government passed. So they didn't care about food supplies. <laughs> they didn't care about like how food's treated in a restaurant or whether employees wash their hands. No, this was not a concern for the U.S. government. Absolutely not. No. What was a concern is Whiskey. having legitimate, proper whiskey. There you go. Um, so Colonel Taylor, along with um, uh, a Senate member, uh, they went forward and they were like, look, there's a lot of pe- companies making whiskey and they're adding like poisons to it or, or like flavoring or these yeah. impurities. And they were like, whiskey should just be whiskey. Just add water if you need, mm-hmm. but it should be at least, you know, 100 proof. Should be aged at least for four years, and all, all these things made in one distillery within a single season. Jamie, am I missing anything? Something long, like this. There was basically I think the. You got most of it, yeah. I think the uh, is as. Uh, under one distiller. Yeah, under one distiller. So no, no tricks, no, no anything, and so. Um, Colonel Taylor used to own uh, the distillery that was that's in the Buffalo Trace property. Mm-hmm. He eventually sold it, and then somebody else owned it. Um, but the uh, Buffalo Trace or Sazerac, the holding company bought the Taylor brand from our friends at Jim Beam. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and so uh, they took that brand and expanded it to this Baldwin, uh, Baldwin Bond uh, brand. And that's what we have here. Beautiful bottles. Great rhyme. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been disappointed. Well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> there's been some uh, Taylor special releases that have been better than others. 
Um, but for the most part, the Taylor, the traditional Taylor lineup of the single barrel, mm -hmm. small batch rye and barrel proof, which are sort of consistently available and always sort of in their profile, um, have always been very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I this agree. rye is no exception. This rye is spectacular. In fact, oh gosh, I use it to make a uh, Manhattan, mm. <laughs> which is like kind of sacrilege because it's such a good sipping whiskey that like it's kind of you know sometimes, it's sometimes make things, but i really wanted a manhattan so badly and i didn't have any other like rise on hand so i was like well this is gonna be a nice manhattan it's a very nice it's just like that thing where it's like don't use crappy wine yeah. to make food because you'll have you know crappy wine, crappy in your wine food. food yeah right so I, I figure it's just one of those things but um i've got uh, a note here from mike uh who said too high alcohol mm-hmm that makes yeah. sense. We talked which is, about Mike. Which is really funny because he didn't actually say anything about Pikesville, mm. uh, which is higher. higher. Mm -hmm. And I actually felt like Pikesville was higher just on the Hotter. heat. Because yeah. right. I'm, I'm drinking both Pikesville and the Colonel right yeah. now. And just on the sipping before you even said anything earlier, I was like, wow, this is much more spicy and fiery. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Cherry Blossom Port Baguette Molasses Mint. That was yeah, Mike. That was Mike. No, yeah. that was uh, uh, Steve. Steve, sorry, Steve. Steve. That was Steve. Yeah. Definitely Steve. And Glenn also <laughs> said mint. Um, I didn't get mint. I got green. I said it's weird green. So maybe that's my equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, mint's kind of that herby thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think mint. We don't, you know, if you think of the herbiness of it, rather the plant rather than the yeah the uh, than the flavor. flavor. Yeah. 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 I also wrote molasses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got that burnt sugary kind of molasses -y, uh notes to it as well yeah i yeah, agreed and i also said it was better on round two high proof clearly so opened up for you yeah. later and that's true a lot of the high proof whiskeys will just keep opening up for mm -hmm. for for whiles for for 10 20 30 minutes as you have them um yeah so this one was um i think yeah a few people rated just one number number one and then you got a couple of twos and a three so yeah did really well um and i think the taylor product so this is a good this is a good example of you know these were for the four rise were really great mm -hmm. in, in their own way uh mm -hmm. were really excellent in in what they were uh and the one bourbon well you know like i said it, it was about like third to quarter the price of the rest of them um that <laughs> that didn't, didn't do very well at all. So funny because you often say like this is what this is what you shouldn't do in a tasting, but I did it. <laughs> That's pretty much what I always do. I'm like, well, we should not do we this. We shouldn't be doing. We shouldn't be throwing like a, a wrench into this, uh, but we're gonna do it anyway. But I love that. I, I really yeah. like how it kind of just reveals uh, our preconceptions. Yes, mm -hmm. right? absolutely. And it's a little. And and if you have a group that's you know. A bunch of friends and no one's getting you know their ego no one's getting too like their feathers too ruffled about anything like you got to have a good group to do it with and you guys are you know the best to drink whiskey with as far as i'm concerned so uh we can have fun like that and no one really like flips the table and my friends get back to me all the time so yeah. matt and jen have done a few tastings for me where oh, i'm just yes. like completely oblivious i'm like i have no idea what any of this is and so i, I you know it goes both ways it's what i'm trying it's to say so it's funny. not just uh it's we not love just arranging the blind tastings for you it's Oh my gosh, it's so turn. hilarious because the last one that we did. Oh, you guys were all over the that map was, we for that. Oh my God. Everything. Well, Mark sat down like he is writing the exam of a lifetime. Like it was like <laughs> sweating, sweating, just like 
nose in all the glasses, like writing notes before anyone had even sat down. We were still like shoving our face with like bread and cheese and Mark's already like down, like sniffing yeah. and writing and sniffing and writing and like looking a little panicked. And we just sort of laughed at it yeah. for a while. It was that awesome. Was, that it was, was a good fun. time. Yeah. Um, and actually that's a great, raise a great point. Um, a frequent, uh, people that come frequent to the tasting. So Jen and Glenn, Neither of them basically ate all afternoon because right. the number one thing you could do if you're tasting whiskey, I mean, we all love having like whiskey after dinner and everything else, and you kind of get the essence of the whiskey, you certainly get to enjoy the whiskey. For sure. um, but if you're doing something like this where you're ranking whiskey by, by you know, favorite to the worst or writing tasting notes, you can't eat. No. It's just, it's just, it's sacrilege. Um, so the, the, actually the three people that did the best, uh, Steve, Jen, and Glenn, uh, really great, awesome tasting notes. <laughs> um, Jen nailed a bunch of tasting notes. We'll talk about that a little bit on the next round. Um, and all, um, all three had not eaten dinner and specifically and we're came wow. hungry like we're hungry yeah. we're here their their stomachs are Keep grumbling growling. and they're just like no we're doing this the right way Whoa. and then um one one, pe- one person came here with a burger <laughs> at hand and just like sorry guys i gotta eat this i'm hungry and and honestly his tasting notes were call him out uh, okay all right matt it's I'm calling you out matt um, it smelled delicious though <laughs> yeah the burger smelled great uh but on the other hand he he was all over the map uh yeah, really really all over the map that oily burger in his mouth did not do him any favors no that pickle and onion yeah. and nope Coating his taste yep, buds. did not help him out at all. Nope. So, and this is this is true. This is something I usually do as well. I don't I don't want to eat you know an hour or or, or more before tasting. Um, if if it's for fun, then I don't care. Obviously, right. eat, enjoy, and everything else. But if you're, if if you want to like kind of have a serious look at whiskey, uh, you, you just can't eat. It'll just mess up your your. It's all consistency. So what you're used to tasting, and then if you've eaten something else, it'll just affect your your taste buds. Um, there's that uh, famous story about the one uh, whiskey maker from Japan that always eats the same ramen noodles every morning because he does all the tasting and nosing right. in the morning. So he'll have the same thing for breakfast and for lunch. Oh wow! And then always the same thing because he wants a consistent palate, and then. If for dinner, he has whatever he wants. Um, and that's just kind of goes back to that point wow. of like, you know, have fun yeah. with whiskey, but don't eat. But don't, don't eat. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't listen to Mark. You should eat whatever you want. I just never want. listen to me, really. Whatever you want. Um, <laughs> so round number two. We're not going to spend as much time on round number two, um, only because it was more for fun and uh, really kind of an interesting play. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of rush through this. We'll blow through it a we'll little bit. Through it. This is fun. But uh, the, the title for this was New Make and Barely Matured. Yeah. Um, so what we did is I had five different drinks. Um, there were uh, th- there was uh, three new makes and two that were barely matured. By barely matured, I mean they were matured between like three months to a year. And um, but one of them had a trick. There's a, so there's a trick, always of course. Trick. There's always, always a trick. So always a trick. But I made this I made this one a little bit easier because I described <laughs> everyone. So Jamie, do you want to read the uh, sheet? Yep. So uh, out of them, it, there was a hundred percent Canadian rye, um, a high rye American whiskey, a barely aged bourbon, a barely aged Canadian spirit, and one of the above. Ooh, this is hard. One of the above. But with caramel E150 added, which is the uh, the the additive caramel that um, Scotland is, uh, I guess, and also Canadian whiskey is allowed to yeah. add, yeah, um, to uh, add. for coloring, yeah. Yeah, the, the folks at Compass Box uh, sent me a little uh, vial of uh, Caramel E150, uh, the same product that's used in Scotland, as he as said, to uh, really color the product. The whole idea is the distilleries that do use this product say they just want a consistent color of the product. So when the bottles are 
are up in the you know either they look the same but in reality they just want it to look darker because there's you know old time scotch thinking is the darker the whiskey the older it is so we've right. added a little bit of coloring right. um, and so we've done this at home and I mean you just take a dab like yep. the tiniest dab and mix around in water it makes it significantly darker it does um, yes. So the idea was, does this change the flavor? Uh, and now um, I did use a lot of, well, a lot. I used two dabs yeah. <laughs> of caramel. So uh, in a very small kind of like a 250 milliliter uh, canister. Um, so I, I actually pre-blended this a little bit. I played around with the products and mm -hmm. I wanted to see which one tasted better with that product. So there was, so I had two new make uh, choices. I had the uh, Toronto Distillery Co. 100% rye and then uh, new Rift Distillery, uh, New Make Rye as well, which is a 95% rye product. Um, and uh, and I kind of did them with both, and I found that the Toronto Distillery Co. didn't really complement the caramel, but the uh, New Make did. Uh, the New Rift New Make. Okay. Um, I found it just kind of like made it a little a little subtler and kind of like added a little bit of flavor to it. Um, so the idea was you choose, you basically had two New Makes, and then the third should theoretically tastes exactly the same except it's got this caramel, caramel. additive to it okay. and then the barely aged bourbon and the barely aged spirit so um so what was the first one so the first one was, i don't actually have the answers here I uh think. yeah the first one was new riff uh the new riff distillery rye um and you know what we'll just uh, we'll just say what they were so it's new riff distillery rye yeah toronto distillery co rye as I mentioned um i added the uh the barely aged bourbon was the um our friends at where's the bottle here our friends at Harfields and Co. Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, this is their 50% alcohol by volume. Um, and this is a, a strong uh, corn-based mash. And uh, then we had the... Um, uh, this The other one was interesting. It's called Apple Jacks. It's a product out of Toronto Australia Co. It's basically neutral spirit. So mm -hmm. by neutral spirit, it's, you know, uh, it's corn, chances are, but it's been distilled to such a high level, you don't get any grain. Mm -hmm. And then they distilled apples. Mm -hmm. I think, Jamie, were you there when they were distilling the apples? Uh, yes, yes, I was. You were. Um, so they distilled apples. And so they did. They fermented them first like they would with mm -hmm. any whiskey. And then they distill it. Um, and so the key was it, it doesn't taste like apples. Right. Um, if you have had Apple Jacks whiskey, and there's, I think there's a Jim, uh, uh, Jack Daniels product that's like Apple Jacks. Okay. And it's just sweetened. It's not, it's sweetened with apple flavor. Right. So it's a liqueur. Exactly. Okay. It's a liqueur category. And this, this was legitimate a spirit. It's not a whiskey because it's made from apples, but, but they took, you know, a lot of this neutral spirit and a little bit of this apple mm -hmm. distilled product and they aged it in barrels for, mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, I can't remember quite how long, somewhere between three months and a year. And uh, so there's that one, and then we use the new new Rift Distillery Co. Uh, the new Rift Distillery New Make, uh, and I added the caramel to that. Okay, so that's one through four. That's the order that you did them in. Uh, no, so the order okay. was a little different, but okay. um, you'll have uh, Glenn's notes. So the, the way that Jen, <laughs> do, do you want, do you want to describe how this went? Because do you remember uh, how this went? We were kind of talking, talking, and then Glenn's like, "Well, this is easy," and then just read it, read up the right answers. Uh, yeah. Oh, he got all the new makes. I thought, oh, I got wow. the new makes as well. Yeah. That is uh, very impressive, Glenn for James. Dude, and I called must it say, on every single awesome. one. Awesome. Okay. And with confidence, like, "Oh, this is easy," and okay. just go, went on. And okay. Yeah. Cool. He he totally called. Um, I I will say this is where I'm not twinsy with Glenn. I'm like I don't know any of this, and I'm like <laughs> randomly choosing stuff. However, I bet you our tasting notes are very similar. Yeah. I just don't know anything. 
Well, and Jen, so <laughs> the, nice, the amazing thing is, uh, I was gonna my my test was a couple of things: um, whether people would pick out the caramel, whether they would like the one with the caramel more, but also whether anybody would get apple notes right. on oh, yeah, the sure. apple distilled. So the only two people that did was uh, Jen and Steve. Uh, nobody else got it. Nobody else got it. Steve called it, I think, like an applesauce, mm. uh, like notes of applesauce. Jen had apples in the tasting notes. I said apple juice. Glenn has yeah. apple question mark. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So Glenn, Glenn had it as well. Amazing. Uh, they, they had the apple tasting note, which I think is fantastic because it really does not taste. It, it's the, no, it it's not an obvious apple flavor. No. no. To me, the, the apple, if we're talking about the Applejack, that was on the nose for mm-hmm. me. Like straight up when I sniffed it, I'm like, woo, apple juice. Nice, like, nice. Yeah. So that's where, where I got that one. Um, hilariously enough, apparently, and I don't know if I added this in post, but um, we were talking about how you added the caramel coloring to the new riff, and I have in my tasting or my nose, my tasting nose, one of these two. Um, it's uh, I said like number one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, perfect. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah, you, you got whatever the, that is. Yeah, yeah. The the caramel was new riff. Uh, yeah, it seemed like um, I mean I, I think it was almost impossible to guess between the Toronto rye and the American rye, uh, but we had we had a couple you know we had a couple of people that did it, and I think that's a, that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, I think the, interestingly enough, so Toronto Distillery Co. is a very tiny distillery. It's, it's tiny. And so is Hartfield. Uh, they're they're in this small kind of factory. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything's kind of done on one floor or two floors. Mm-hmm. It's it's you can see everything in one place. Uh, New York is actually is a big distillery. It's not like a giant distillery, but it's like a micro distillery. It's like top end every equipment. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a top distillery. Um, Toronto Distillery Co.'s rye did really great. Everybody really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Glenford said this is really great. Um, quite tasty is the other, yeah. Lime tequila almond croissant. Oh, Steve. <laughs> Thank Steve. you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it really did well. Yeah, so it sounds like everyone was a big fan of the Toronto Distillery Company's uh, unaged rye. Yeah, it's a great product, and they uh, their their concept is they do a rye, a corn, and a malted barley, mm-hmm. along with other other products. Um, it's all organic. They want to trace down where the, the farms are getting from. And then they also do a vintage. So they'll do, mm-hmm. you know, the crop grown in 2013 versus 2014, which mm-hmm. is 2015. And they're seeing a difference. And because they're going to the same farm, uh, they're seeing a difference in those ryes. Uh, that was the other thing. That was my other choice. I had two vintages of the rye and I was going to put them next to each other. Oh I'm like, no, no, gosh. I don't know. So many That's tricks. Tricky. I know. I was like, no. Nope. really tricky. Yeah. So I was like, nope, nope. going to do New Earth. Um, so that, and then the, I think the least favorite maybe, and then with, it was the Apple Jacks yep. one was not a favorite. I think the, the neutral grain comes through on it and it's, it's yeah. to be fair, it's not a whiskey. So right. it's intended as a very kind of cheap cocktail drink mixer. Right. Um, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It's not a whiskey and uh, because of the apple being used in there. Um, and um, so, yeah, it was probably the least favorite of the group. We didn't have a big vote on these just because, you know, I mean, it's new make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was an interesting, uh, interesting thing that that was kind of like people were like, ah, this isn't really what I like. Any other interesting notes on this round? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say the... the um unsalted fries yes oh that's unsalted where... fries what was that were, on? it was uh on the uh, apple jack yeah uh steve which Some is a potato steve said yeah unsalted french fries which i think is a i've never heard that one 
Steve, man. Uh, you can see that on Instagram, actually. Uh, yes, there's Matt, a video. Matt Mark. <laughs> Matt Mark 416. He caught that moment. That's he caught right. that very moment. So if you go to my Instagram feed on Mark Oh, you've Bilock, got it too. I, I posted it up there. Nice. And uh, you can uh, you can see him just go rifting off these uh, tasting notes. And Incredible. I was just like, wow, I'm impressed. That was amazing. Incredible. I'm always so impressed. When people can, I always have to think about it so hard. And I'm like, what is this flavor? What is this? And when, like... I don't know if you guys watched Psalm, probably. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's um, it's a documentary about people that are going through the, uh, like master sommelier training. Mm-hmm. And um, the way they like rattle off flavors. It is crazy. It is absolutely insane. It's the They can thing. guess the terroir yes. down to the year, down to the vineyard down to sometimes. The, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's insanity. Yeah. So they have this like entire sort of like sheet um, that they go through and it's like it's all pre-prescribed so they've got to say like in a certain order like acidity and tannins and color and, and all this stuff but basically they work their way down to you know the bottle sometimes they're like this tastes like a 1993 new zealand probably and you're just like oh my gosh i'd insane. suck so bad at that oh my god yeah. so bad the steve worst. would be great yeah steve would be steve like would be great. i get hints of buttery popcorn <laughs> from the theater that's right <laughs> you know a day and a half old the uptown theater yes. actually <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this looks like fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed it, but I'm sure you'll do another one soon. There's oh, always yeah. blind. I'm already tastings. plotting my next one. Oh uh, boy! Of course, I'm already uh, yeah. working on my next one. Yeah, and this is why we do these tastings. The to find out different palettes. Um, you know, you know, we we always make fun of the one whiskey Jim Marie named the best whiskey in the world. It's like one person's palette, and it's really true. <laughs> yes, I, I totally can is. I can rate whiskey, but I, I rate whiskey based on uh, the flavors and the story the whiskey tells. So I'm looking like for composures and uh, composure and how that whiskey kind of forms through the palate as he mm-hmm. knows it and, and, and tastes it. There are other whiskey uh, people that write it that write it just purely based on flavor and yep. and, and do that. Uh, some people are super tasters uh, that mm-hmm. just have, there's 10% of the population are just super, super sensitive to flavors and would find anything with a little bit of bitter overpowering. Right. Uh, you know, Nicole, my fiance, she's very much like, if it's bitter, she just gets it right away. It's just, right. it's not... Overwhelming. It's overpowering. overwhelming. And well, whiskey su- itself is yeah. already so mm-hmm. strong. Right? And so super mm-hmm. tasters generally don't like whiskey no, as well. So no. you'll have the Somalis with these great palates not usually not whiskey drinkers because yeah. it's just it blows too, it out it just blows it's out. totally, totally blown, blown out, out right yeah. for sure yeah. especially can you imagine a high proof yeah like fewer yeah. subtleties come through yeah and i mean i know we all love the high proof but i mean for a song that would be just like mm-hmm. too much yeah absolutely yeah but this was great thanks for being here jen yeah, thanks, thanks for jen. having me it's always so fun please come back i love please come guys. back uh, as mentioned before, Jen is on Instagram at Fruit Prawn, and um, definitely recommend you follow. Even if you don't live in Toronto, just looking at beautiful photos of oh food my gosh, is always you, great. Yeah, if you like seeing beautiful food and want to be hungry, it's the right Instagram account to follow. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's beautiful. Yes. And Jamie is at Bourbon Thing. I'm at Bourbon Thing. On yes. Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Mark Bylock. Uh, and of course, we're at Whiskey Buzz, whiskey.buzz, the website. And um, Snapchat, Snapchat and everything else. Yeah. yeah, iTunes. We're everywhere. I was giving I was giving Manhattan lessons on Snapchat the other day. That I was, saw that it was yeah. amazing, and you did like kind of like a white Manhattan, like a little new riff on a on a Manhattan, which is very cool. Yeah, I like that. Way to that go! I'm oh, super digging good. the Snapchat guys. Awesome. It's, it's it's a lot of fun to to watch the I'm narratives trying. that you all build and the shenanigans. The shenanigans. shenanigans. Yeah. Thank you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.